Hey everyone, welcome to episode 166, Swan Dive Parenting. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. So I'm kind of on the wacky side and a little on the goofy side. And sometimes by titles, I'm just like, where did that come from? And I just go with it because I'm hoping that it intrigues you and kind of piques your interest when you see it. Like, I wonder what she's even talking about. And if that's the case, then mission accomplished. But if that's not the case and you're like, oh, that's not going to apply to me because I don't know how to swan dive, then let me know and I'll start putting the solution in the title along with the wacky title. So swan dive parenting came from going on different talks. And when I go and talk to clients or when I do talks at the local mops groups, or when I go to the churches and talk to moms about how to be a conscious parent or how to be a present parent or how to be the parent that God wants you to be. And so much feedback that I get back from parents is they're always coming from a place of not being enough. If I just had the right car or I got them in the right sports or if I had a cleaner house, or if my weight was better, or if I fed them better, or if they got better grades because I created good study habits, or if I didn't work so much, or maybe I need to go back to work, or maybe if I married someone different, it's always coming from a place of lack. And that's the place where we create more lack because our thoughts create our feelings, which create our actions, which create our results. So the circumstances are completely neutral. I could come to your house and think it's spick and span clean, but then you'll fall all over yourself telling me how messy it is. When in actuality, I really don't care and no one that comes to your house cares. No one's judging you as much as hard as we judge ourselves. No one's judging me as much as, as hard as I judge myself. So when people judge me, I'm like, get in line. I hear you. I agree with you. That's probably right what you're saying. So Swan Dive Parenting came from the fact that I was talking to David about this and he's like, just tell them that they're good parents and then they and move on. It's like, it's to be that simple. If only it could be that simple. And I said, but that's like me telling, <laughs> he's probably thinking like, who did I marry in 2001? Like, what are you talking about? I said, that's like me saying that you're good at swan diving. You don't believe you're good at swan diving because you don't think you're a good swan diver. And he looked at me like I had six heads, but essentially it's the same thing. If he thought he was good at swan diving and I called him a swan diver, then it would be a match. But when I say you already are a good parent, that's not a match in your heart. And so I could tell you over and over, you could have your neighbor tell you, you could have your parents tell you, you could have your husband tell you, you could have your wife tell you, you could have your kids tell you, you could tell your greedy, greedy grandpappy tell you. But if you don't believe it in your heart, then it's like saying that you're good at swan diving, or it's like me saying that you have purple hair, assuming that you don't have purple hair. I don't have purple hair. So if someone tells me something that doesn't match in my heart, it feels good for a nanosecond, but it goes in one ear and out the other. And this whole podcast is about lifting you up as a parent. So you believe that you're already a good parent. So then you walk into those shoes. It's like you have shoes to fill. 
But when we beat ourselves up and we compare and despair and we steal all of our joy right from underneath our own nose by being so hard on ourselves, we're not doing our kids any favors. And what we've talked about before is that you're never going to get rid of the negative voices and the negative self-talk completely. So a lot of times when people become conscious, they realize how much stinking thinking they have, and then they're mad at themselves for having the stinking thinking. And I am here to reassure you and remind you that it's completely normal. Everybody does it. And when you're aware of it, you can be gentle with that inner critic and gentle with the beating yourself up and allowing both to exist at the same time. And like we talked about before, giving equal airtime. Because it's my belief that God does not give you children so you can be a bad parent. God gives you children because he trusts you to be an amazing parent to said child or children, no matter how they came into your lives. So it's a gift that you've already been given and you have to do nothing to deserve it. You have to do nothing to earn it. We're taught as kids that we have to do things to earn other people's love or affection or attention. And so if you didn't get a lot of it growing up, then you might be stammering and kind of like needy and graspy for that. And so creating it with our children to fill us up when it's our job to fill them up. But it's this give and take where they can fill us up and tell us all the things, but we have to believe it and we have to receive it, accept it, and then become it. Because so many parents talk to me and they say, I just want to be a good mom. I just want to be a good dad. And I want to shake them and say, you already are. It's kind of like when we wanted to get pregnant, we, I was like, I just want to be a mom. I just want David to be a dad. And my friend Heidi said, you already are. The moment you decided to become parents, even though it took you six years in that journey, the moment you decided, that's when you became parents because you pe- became parents in your heart. And then we believed it. And we were patient and we prayed. And then we had these two beautiful miracles. And in that journey, they teach us about unconditional love. They teach us that we don't have to do anything to deserve the award of good parent. Because guess what? Being a good parent is all made up. It's all subjective. It's all different. If you ask 10 people, what does it mean to be a good parent? Who knows? There's no right or wrong. It's something you already have. And your children are looking up to you to affirm them that they're a good kid. And the way that we talk to our kids is usually, it's going to blow your mind. The way that we talk to our kids is usually a peek at our inner dialogue. Because what we complain about most with our kids and what we're yelling and screaming about is what we're really yelling and screaming about inside of our heads to ourselves. And it's just projected all over them. Now, when we know this, it's such good news because when we clean up our stinking thinking and we start being kind to ourselves and letting ourselves off the hook a little and giving ourselves grace, then you'll be able to do the same thing to your kids. And this is beautiful, symbiotic relationship. And then when they're hard on themselves about a goal that they missed or a grade that they missed, or they didn't, weren't kind to their sibling, then you can be like, oh, I get that. Versus piling on, beating them up even more with our words because they're already able to do it within themselves, just like we're already able to do it within ourselves. And that voice inside of their head is still growing and developing And we talked about in baby brains, how they're going to do some wonky things. Of course, they're going to do wonky things. Their brains are undeveloped. They're immature. They feel invincible, but they're also so beautiful and miraculous and know nothing other than unconditional love because they don't have baggage like we do. So we think that we go into this parenting journey like we have so much to teach them, 
but in actuality, they have so much to teach us. They are the blueprint for love. They are how to learn how to love unconditionally. If we weren't taught that as a child, now we can learn it from our child and stop being so hard on ourselves because we only have 940 Saturdays between the time that they're born and that they're grown and flown. So do we want to spend that being hard on ourselves and I should have given them extra cauliflower at dinner or been at that game on time and I was five minutes late and oh my goodness, I remember when I didn't dress my kids up in red for Valentine's Day, I beat myself up like, you thought I forgot to pick them up after school the way I beat myself up. So just know when you start giving yourself grace and kindness and love, what we're all starving for, it's much easier to dole that out to our kids. And then they're going to dole it back out to others and to themselves and to you. It's a win-win symbiotic relationship. And that's what all that conscious parenting is. It's not an on-off switch. It's a journey, not a destination. There is no destination addiction because a lot of times parents will tell me, I just want it. I just want to know that it's working. And we know that it's working because you're showing up and being conscious. We're not using our kids' behavior as a rubric score of how we're doing. We focus on our side of the street and how we're showing up and we're staying in our own lane. Our kids' behavior is not a reflection of us. Our behavior is a reflection of us. They have their own throbbing spirit. They have their own free will. We don't want to take that away from them. But sometimes the ego gets scared and it gets uber controlling because it thinks if it can be uber controlling, if we could just create this little minion, this little copycat version of ourselves, this little carbon copy, then somehow the self-pity and the self-loathing and the beating ourselves up will go away. But it actually gets worse because then you see the people-pleasing, compliant child who doesn't have an opinion for themselves show up. And you're like, whoa, I didn't mean that. So you find that Goldilocks balance of... Letting them know that they have the reins of their life, but also knowing that you've got their back and will support them if they fall off their horse. This weekend, I was flying. I flew to St. Louis for work. And on the way home, I was like, this is happening because of our episode called The Flight Attendant Parenting. And we're landing and it's pretty turbulent, but not so much. And I had so much flying anxiety because I hadn't flown in two and a half years. I used to fly on average like once a month. And never was, it's not like I love flying, but never had like nervousness about it. But I was so out of practice and I was so nervous. And the biggest thing I was nervous about was pretty much being trapped at the airport, like because of delays and cancellations and all the things. Death was on my list too, but I would say the top one was cancellations, being trapped in St. Louis or missing the flight on the way out because it's canceled and having to go home and missing the whole event. Things like that was causing me so much agita. So on the way home, I was like, oh, I got my flying legs back. And once I got to the airport, I was like, oh, I know how to do this. This is no big deal. And of course, I borrowed worry for nothing because nothing was canceled. Nothing was even delayed. I was like, this is like too good to be true. I had direct both ways. So I think that helped. But still, it was like so easy. And so on the way back, there's a little turbulence. I'm like, oh, I can do some turbulence. And then the flight attendant gets on the mic and she's like, hello, everyone. Due to extreme turbulence, we're going to do an honor system landing. What that means is you need to wake up your neighbors. You need to make sure that all your bags are underneath your seat. You need to make sure your trays are up and your seats are up. And we're doing the honor system because if you're getting off the plane without your stuff, you don't want to be tripping over your neighbor's stuff and you don't want your neighbors tripping over your stuff. So please make sure it's all in it. And she was very serious tone. I was like, what is the honor system landing? What is going on? So I texted David and my dad. I'm like, what is the honor system landing? I'm texting all my friends. I can, I have Wi-Fi, but it's so sketch that I'm like trying to Google it. I'm like, what is the honor system landing? Are we going to go down that slide? Like you see on an airplane? Like I literally thought that was going to happen. 
And I was trying to see the flight attendant because I was trying to read her eyes and read her vibe. But I was in the window seat. I wanted to get up and like peek at her. I was dying to see her face because I needed to know, is this like a code red or is this like just some turbulence and you just, this is like code for something. What is an honor system landing? What in the world? But I couldn't see her face. And that's what our kids do to us is they're always looking at our face. They're reading our body language. Am I good enough? Am I worthy? Are you mad? Are you sad? Are you glad that I'm even here in your presence? Their gift of their presence is all that they need to bring to the table. Nothing about grades, nothing about sports, nothing about behavior. Just their presence is our present. I know that sounds cheesy, but it's really true. And I couldn't see her face. I was like, listen, lady, I need to know. I almost pressed the thing. I almost pressed the call button. But I was like, wait a minute, if she's not, but it turns out it's like a Don Kelly honor system landing. I think this is what it is. If any flight attendants are out there, you can tell me. Honor system landing, I think meant she was saying it's too turbulent to walk the plank, so to speak, to check on everybody. So I need you to check on your neighbor and make sure your neighbor's doing okay and doing the right thing. But I thought honor system landing was like the slide. I thought that was code for going down the slide and I couldn't read her face. So then I just borrowed worry. And I went straight to catastrophizing like, oh no, the sky is falling. And that's what our brain does when we're not sure. And I didn't have that reassurance of her face. I needed to see her face. And I asked my neighbor, she's like, I don't know what that was. And she kept watching Netflix. I'm like, but I was just sleeping. And she was screaming into the microphone. She's like, I'm speaking very loud to wake up anybody who's sleeping. And I was like, that was me. I was sleeping against the window. And I'm like, wait a minute, what did she just say? And then I heard it again. And I was low key panicking. And panic texting everybody I could think of who had a signal. And no one could find anything. And then I'm getting off the plane. I'm like, that wasn't even that bumpy of a ride down. But I think that's what it meant. So just know that our kids look to us for that reassurance that everything's okay. And when it's not okay, we don't have to pretend either. We can let them know. It's not okay and here's the reason why. I'm having a human emotion because I'm going through something at work. Or something with my family member. Or something with a friend. I felt left out. I felt rejected. I felt disappointed they said this thing. I didn't understand it. And in that humanness, we build connection. And when you have connection, kids will do, they will hang the moon for you because they feel so safe and they feel so honored and they feel so lucky to be in your four walls. And that's a gift we can give to them every single day. So just know that you don't need to be a swan dive parent, but just know that you already are a good parent and start talking to yourself like you are and start showing up with some moxie like you are and giving yourself some grace and giving yourself some credit. Because if you care about being a good mom, that means you already are one. If you care about being a good dad, that means you already are a good one or a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle or a foster parent. Because when you believe it, then you will receive it and then you become to achieve it. And then your kids can do the same and then you can have more harmony in the home. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com and if you really want to fill up my love cup, Send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was. What was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening? I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me 
which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.